Hello and welcome. This is Couples Counseling for Parents, a show about couple relationships, how they work, why they don't, what you can do to fix what's broken. Here are parents. Our dad, Dr. Stephen Mitchell, and our mom, Ann Mitchell. Hello and welcome to Couples Counseling for Parents. I'm Dr. Stephen Mitchell. And on today's episode, Aaron and I wanted to share with you um, the privilege that we had of interviewing Rachel and Marley Shepard Ota. And Rachel and Marley are parents to three kids, and Rachel is the founder and creator of Hey Sleepy Baby. And we had a conversation with Rachel and Marley just about sleep, um, about how she um, got interested in sleep and um, felt like it was a really important topic to try and be um, engaging with uh, parenting couples about. And so Aaron and I wanted to hear a little bit from Rachel and her partner, Marley, just about their own personal experience of um, dealing with sleep and kids, and then also um, how that has really helped guide um, them and uh, particularly Rachel in her work um, with parents and uh, talking with them about sleep and how to navigate that um, with their partner and with their kids. Um, so let's just jump on, uh, right in and we hope you enjoy. On today's show, we have Rachel and Marley Shepard Ota, who are parents to three little kids that live in San Francisco and they live in San Francisco, California. And after Rachel and Marley had their first baby, they realized how little they knew about the way babies sleep. That's a big deal. <laughs> Didn't we all realize that? Oh I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm there with them. And so Rachel decided to pursue an infant sleep certification when she was pregnant with her second child. And then she decided to use this knowledge and her passion for helping families to create a new platform for parents to learn about normal infant sleep and to help them find community. Rachel and Marley recently welcomed their third baby. And they are here with us today, and I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for this conversation. We are ready. Thank you so much Let's, for having us. For having us. Thank yes. you both so much for being here. I we I, I know that prior to to you know this official interview, Rachel, we were talking a little bit about this whole conversation about sleep and partners and just mm-hmm. whoo, it feels rich. It's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot here. Yeah, there there really is. Um, and, and kind of maybe we can start at the beginning. Um, yeah. Maybe a very a, good place to begin. Yeah. Maybe I'll turn the sound of music in that. And just just so like you and Marley, like what was the kind of um, the awakening in a sense when you're like, oh, we didn't we didn't know. Like yeah. what ha- what was going on? Well, we had, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse to have your hardest baby first, Um, but our first baby was very difficult and I had been around babies my whole life. I started babysitting when I was like 12 or something. And so he really just threw me for a loop and Marley really didn't have much experience with babies. Nope. At all. (laughs) Um, So both of us were just kind of bewildered by the fact that he wouldn't let us put him down and- Uh didn't really sleep for more than a couple of hours at a time. And all of these things that I know now are very common, especially in the first few months. But at the time I realized that I just hadn't heard 
any of this before. Like, oh, your baby might actually want to be attached to you all the time or, you know, your baby is going to be feeding a lot in those first few weeks. And um, I just remember feeling so completely lost. Um, even my own mom was like, oh, you guys were never like this. You were such easy babies and, uh. you know, super helpful mom. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so I just kind of had this feeling like I must be doing something wrong or there must be something wrong with him. Um because it just was so outside of what I had envisioned while I was pregnant. So um, yeah, it kind of just started there. Marley, what about for you? So you did you didn't have the twelve year old babysitting experience, not just that, but like you know, like you, you weren't you didn't maybe didn't have expectations. But what did it feel like for you? You know, you worry so much about the pregnancy that when the baby comes, you realize there's this whole other side of things that you absolutely haven't even you know, you've tried to prepare for it, but you don't have a ton of knowledge about it. And so I think that it was sort of felt like doing a research paper from scratch where you just tried to find the best articles and, you know, mm -hmm. sorting through all that information, trying to synthesize it, trying to realize what the best recommendation is, and then applying that to your kid. Um, for us, a lot of the most common approaches weren't working very well with our, with our son. Um, and so that made us you know, discouraged us a lot and certainly had impacts on our relationship. Um, and all of these things, like Rachel said, that we know now are really common. We just didn't know in the moment. We were both the first kids in our family to have children. And so there weren't uh, any firstborns with the firstborn. Yeah. <laughs> and even the first out of most of our friends. Yeah. Um, the only friend at the time that had had a baby before us was kind of like this tertiary friend. We weren't super close, but she was you know, very kind trying to give me advice, but she was like a very type A mom and had a very, you know, specific way of doing things. And so the things she would tell me to do just like did not work um, yeah. for us at all. And so, yeah, like Marley said, it was just like information overload, not having any clue what was normal and then kind of, you know, taking that out on each other and bickering a lot about what the best way was or, um, you know, how we should be doing things. And I'm more tired. No, you're more tired. And just uh, all of that stuff. Our favorite game yeah. with no good ending. <laughs> yeah. um, Marley, you just said something that, and I, cause I think we'll come back here anyway, but like, just to pause, you said, I was so worried during the pregnancy. Like, what did mm -hmm. that mean for the two of you? Like what, and, and Rachel, maybe that wasn't true for you, but Marley, like what were those fears or what was the anxiety there? You know, you just think a lot about, or I should say, I just thought a lot about what could go wrong, right? Like everything you know, during the pregnancy, you go into doctor's appointments and they always talk about the percentage of risks. And so you never really know how to gauge that. Like, what does one in 10,000 really mean? Is that yeah. you know, like, yeah. how afraid should I be? It doesn't necessarily always correlate. And so, you know, the pregnancy itself is really demanding on your partner. And so you're trying to be as supportive as possible and as present and make sure that they have everything they need, which ends up culminating in birth, which is itself just like a really, really you know, intense, intense big <laughs> experience in your life. Yeah. There are a million ways to try and prepare, none of which will fully prepare you if you haven't like witnessed it right. before. Yeah. Um, and we even took birth classes. But like, like you said before, we did all this preparation for pregnancy and birth. I did like prenatal yoga and all this, you know, acupuncture and all this stuff. And then we just didn't really ever think about what happened after the baby came. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think I'm definitely reading my own experience into that, but I think we hear it all the time yeah. that there's you're playing catch up because you yeah. are focused on pregnancy. You are focused on birth. Those feel like 
pretty intense and very present things, you know, yeah. like this is happening. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if y'all know, um, we've talked about it, but our first pregnancy ended in a pregnancy loss. So there's, you are worried. And Stephen was worried yeah. all the time about like, I am I going to yeah. end up losing Aaron? Like what there's, yeah. there's fear. Um, yeah. and then, then you do get to the labor and as you said, Rachel, it's intense, um, <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. And you don't even really heard, get to process yeah. any of that. The 10 months you've just spent sort of having a lot of things happening. And then now all of a sudden there's this human and they don't sleep. Right. <laughs> um, or and they have... All you want to do is sleep afterwards, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you just think about just the experience of, like that you just talked about, like there's fear. You're trying to figure out numbers. Like what is one in 10,000? You know, like all of a sudden you're counting jelly beans, like, um, <laughs> like, well, I don't know what this means. Um, and you don't ever really get to catch up. Right. Um, I just think that's an intense, it's a lot. Yeah. It, well, and then also kind of one of these fundamental needs that we need to like to be well is people's to sleep. Right. right. And, and it just like, it's, it just is gone. And, and just as, as, uh, like as a couple that, that experience, um, of being so exhausted and then being in this new situation where you're also, also supposed to be parenting, like, right. um, you, you mentioned the bickering and the differing of opinions. I was curious about that um, too. <laughs> I, I, I think that honestly, this is one of the most, um, present universal, yeah. but I don't know what word, cause there are a lot. It, it is a tough conversation. It is a tough experience for couples that most couples go through. Um, because I think it's pretty common, you know, little babies, they're learning how, I mean, yeah. you're running on like no sleep. Having a newborn is extremely stressful. You're depleted. Your whole world has just changed. Like nothing is the same. I love when people try to act like having a baby shouldn't change your life. And they're like, Oh, yeah. baby just comes along for the ride. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I, that was not my experience at all, but, um, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> for us, having a baby changed absolutely everything. And so that's really hard to kind of grapple with when it happens literally overnight. Did, <laughs> did, were you surprised that y'all were that it created any kind of um, friction, bickering or friction or difference in opinion? Like, did you even know what your opinions were about sleep before? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Like, I knew the basics that, like, I wanted to breastfeed. And, you know, we had certain things that we knew we were going to do or try to do. But sleep was kind of this thing that we just assumed would <laughs> naturally, there's our baby, um, would <laughs> naturally fall into place. Um, and, Oh, bless you. So <laughs> when sleep doesn't just kind of like happen, I think pe people can tend to freak out because what we see a lot in social media and in other media, like movies, TV shows, it's everywhere is we see, you know, you just put a baby down in their crib and they fall asleep. And so right. when that doesn't happen, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I yeah. we, we had opinions about sleep and then you get up in the middle of the night and your baby's not doing what you want it to do and then you're exhausted <laughs> and then your opinions could... They change. They change pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they do. Marley, I love that comment because <laughs> I think that is where couples turn sideways because like, yeah. but we agreed this morning. Well, yeah, but you weren't there at 3 a.m. Right. Like, and, and by the way, you weren't there at 3 a.m. Like yes. I was there. Yeah. At, um, but so like, so what did that look like? And you don't need to go into like the, the grittiness, but like, did y'all start to feel like you didn't feel aligned or did you feel like you were just tired and 
you know, sort of no one's their best when they're tired. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely that. Um, I was definitely not my best self in the middle of the night when I was, you know, breastfeeding a tongue tied baby for the 45th time and he was peacefully mm-hmm. snoring next to me. Um, there were many fights had in the middle of the night and we ended up developing our own little rule that nothing said in the middle of the night counts. Yes. And when That's we woke up in the rule. morning, it was just like a clean slate. We didn't hold anything that we said against each other. And I said some real bad stuff. Um, but he was very good about just like letting it go. And yep. um, so that actually really helped us once we started doing that. Cause then we weren't, you know, fighting all night and all day. I was also yeah. not peacefully snoring with our first Yes, time. I wondered about that. Was that going to go? Cause Stephen would not have been okay with that. She wanted she said it would, you know, it would be helpful if you were up in the night so with you could me. sympathize. You could yeah. run my back. You could tell me yeah. you're doing a good job. You did do yeah. that. I'll give you that. I'll but when she that. was at her wit's end and like just in pain and exhausted, me rubbing her back and saying, like, get off you're me. doing such a good job. She was like, <laughs> I'll, I don't know if you can bleed these out, but she would just basically tell me to just give her some space and yeah, yeah. a little bit. I'd like I'm space, like, please. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what our three-year-old says. I need space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually you're right. We did do that with our first, especially for the first few weeks. And then with our second, we realized like, this doesn't make any sense for two of us to be exhausted. So you just sleep and I'll be up with the baby and that's fine. Um, and that worked much better for us with subsequent kids. But um, yeah, I mean the bickering and, you know, you were actually very good at, kind of taking my lead. I was the one, which I'm sure is pretty common in hetero relationships where, you know, I was the one doing all the research and looking up all the different sleep programs and, and things like that. So, you know, I was also the one that was feeding the baby. So he kind of deferred to me on that. Um, and in a way that felt good for you both, Yeah, it felt good because I was, I didn't know it then, but I was definitely struggling with some postpartum anxiety And the way that a lot of my anxiety manifested was around his sleep and his schedule. And so having some semblance of control over that was really important to me, which I now see was very unhealthy. But I did feel like I really wanted to like find a solution and find a plan. And so he let me kind of take the lead on that. And it ended up really, really not working out for us. Um, But was a good learning experience that like nobody knows your baby the way you do. And you can't yeah. You know, look up a generic schedule on Pinterest and think that it's <laughs> going to just magically apply to your baby. So, yeah. is that what you were feeling like um, when you? I think the postpartum anxiety. I think people are beginning to understand more and talk about more yeah. um, and become aware of. Like, did you? You didn't know it at the time. No, Mm-mm. but I've what would heard have, of it? Yeah. Um, and how long ago are we talking? This was about five years ago. My son just turned five in October. So not, um, so that, yeah, not, long not that long ago, but right. Instagram yeah. was a very different thing. Even just five years ago, there weren't all these amazing resources out there. So I never even thought to look for the information. I knew about postpartum depression. That right. was something that I had heard of before, but I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel sad. You know, I had those few weeks of baby blues where I was crying all the time and, you know, that, you know, came down. So I wasn't super worried that I was depressed, but I did have this sense of like doom every time the sun went down and he was yeah. a fall baby. So that happened at like 4.30 PM, which was not fun. Oh, uh, wow. And like I said, I just really ruminated and really obsessed over his sleep and was very, very anxious if a nap didn't go well or if, um, if, you know, he didn't 
sleep for as long as I thought he should sleep. And I would spend the whole next day researching and reading chapters from books. And it just really like consumed my life, um, which I now know is not a great sign. Yes. Marley, were you aware of that? I was not aware of her postpartum anxiety by any means. Um, I thought that we were just both struggling. And because it's, you know, the first time going around, like you don't know what normal is. And so if you're in like a real Mm -hmm. pit, you think, well, well, you know, maybe this is what having a child is like. You're just exhausted and miserable all the time. You feel kind of crazy. <laughs> um, I now sure. know yeah. that, that is not the case. But, you know, Rachel and I, it's not that I didn't have opinions about things, but I did, you know, we would have conversations. And ultimately, because she was doing the majority of the labor at night and breastfeeding, um, I did defer to her a lot, but our first sleep approach really felt awful for both of us. Um, It felt like we were really kind of causing our child undue pain and that didn't feel really good as parents. Um, And that you did agree on. Like, yeah, this we, feel we right. ended up agreeing. So we um, did end up sleep training. We used a like popular sleep training course and you know, the, piece of the course that was the hardest was that they say you have to be really consistent and you have to stick to it for two weeks. And so even, you know, in the first few nights when it was feeling really terrible, we kind of just had to like talk ourselves through it and say like, it's not, you know, all of this is going to be for nothing if we quit now. So it's like, it's yeah. this really unhealthy mentality that teaches you to kind of like ignore your instincts. But anyway, so we did end up making it the two weeks and it still wasn't helping at all with his sleep. So we did agree to kind of call it. We ended up trying it a couple other times, more like light versions. Um, like, oh, he's older now. Let's maybe try it again and see if it works this time. Didn't. And then didn't again. (laughs) And so when he was about nine months old, um, that was our last attempt because I was getting ready to go back to work. It was the fall and I was a teacher and, um, I was like, you know what? This is so not worth it. And if I still have to wake up a couple of times per night to feed him and then still go to work the next day, like that's just the way it is. Like I can't do this anymore. And then like a month and a half later, he started sleeping through the night by himself. (laughs) So it was like all for nothing. But we were very much by that point on the same page that like, all right, this is just, it is what it is. And we're just going to figure out a way to support each other through it while we're tired because we can't keep obsessing over this. And we really, really let go. And, um, ironically, that was when things kind of started to fall into place for him. So, you know, I don't know if it was, he didn't have these like crazy anxious parents anymore, or he was just developmentally ready to sleep through the night or both, but he did. And it's so ironic to us now because he's five and he is our best sleeper now, um, compared to other two. I mean, our youngest, is still a tiny newborn, but he loves his sleep. He'll go to bed without a single word of protest every single night. He would still nap if we let him. Like, he just loves to sleep now. It's so funny. If we could just, like, go back in time and tell ourselves to chill out, um, that would be really great. (laughs) Is If you could go back in time uh, other than telling yourselves to chill out, like, what what else would you think Uh, you both have wanted to hear or needed to hear or to yourselves or each other? I I think a big piece for me is, like, this idea of future tripping, right? Like, definitely. Mm Mm-hmm everybody's the best piece of advice is like this too shall pass. And like you're in stages and they are not permanent. And this child is going to develop and grow and change. And many of the things that you struggle with, even now just like developmental behavioral stuff, whatever it is, 
it changes and it changes over time. Nothing happens really in an instant. Um, and that things can be hard, but they won't be the same hard forever. That's not to say that things go away and different challenges yeah. present themselves, but certainly not thinking like, oh my God, this sleep thing or whatever it is in the moment is the rest of my life and they're never going to change. And I'm an awful parent. Kind of yeah. For yeah. Sure. Can, you, what do you think? Uh, and Marley, hearing you say kind of that, that belief, oh, I'm an awful parent. I wonder like, about that too. I, mm-hmm. I'm really curious. Like, um, I think being a parent is hard. Um, but I think that there is a lot of anxiety, maybe even like culturally, like in our culture, I, I don't know about other cultures about, about that, about being a parent in this kind of good or bad parent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you, and then you kind of measure that on, if you can say your kid is a quote unquote, good sleeper or yeah. a bad sleeper. like what, like how did, like, I don't know. Do you see that like sort of impacting? I mean, obviously this is a very leading question. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a really good question asker or person. <laughs> Um, great interviewer. Um, but, but like, does that, do you see that impacting like people you work with and, and couples you talk to like about and clearly yourself, you did feel. Yeah. I mean, this is honestly like what we keep coming back to as parents ourselves, like Marley said before, like maybe the sleep thing isn't a challenge forever, but there's always a new challenge with parenting. And so having a sense of like intuition and confidence is so important. And I think so many new parents now don't have that. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just our culture or if it's, you know, too much information out there where people just really feel so lost and confused. Um, I don't know what it is, but I I think a lot of new parents don't give themselves very much compassion. They're not compassionate with themselves and just like, Hey, this is going to be hard. And I might make some mistakes, but like, so long as I'm present and I care and I continue to learn and evolve with my child, then I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. I think a lot of people really worry that each little thing is going to have a really negative long-term outcome on their child. And, you know, as my son gets older and my daughter gets older, it just, it's not the case. Like there's so many opportunities Mm -hmm. for engagement with your kid. No one thing is going to, you know, spiral them out into some really (laughs) long-term negative outcome. Um, We have so many opportunities to mess them up. Yeah. Yeah. And and equally to repair, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But that, but that spirit of what you're saying of being present and engaged, you know, like it, you can make mistakes, but you're still present and engaged. And and that means that, you know, you, it's just a different experience. Um, uh, I think for sure. I also kind of uh, the, the statement of, of evolving with your kids. I I feel like, and even how y'all have talked about sort of the journey with understanding like sleep for your kids, like it it changed. Mm -hmm. You even said this, Aaron, like that flexibility, that, that ability to be like, maybe this works for this night, week, month. I I don't know, but, but it, and, but we need to be willing to, to change. And I, I wonder um, that, that seems like maybe an important principle. For sure. And like even between kids, right? For people with multiple kids, we have approached things so differently with each of our kids just because of what they've needed. And so, yeah, I think that flexibility piece is really, really (laughs) huge because like Marley said earlier, sometimes in the morning you have a plan and then in the middle of the night you have to switch that plan. And, you know, having such rigid expectations and such um, 
you know, inflexible ideas about anything in parenting, but with sleep for sure, it's just kind of setting yourself up for disappointment because we can't predict what they're going to be like um, or what they're going to need or what's going to come up. So one of the biggest, and this is a little, I mean, definitely what we hear from couples, but I don't actually think there's a research study on this. So it's my own um, there should be conclusion. Um, I genuinely believe that there are differences in parenting styles. Like, Mm -hmm. of course I, I get that, but I do think most couples who feel like they came relatively aligned on like, this is how we're going to approach sleep or this mm-hmm. is how we're going to approach, you know, I mean, honestly, in those first few months, that is what parenting is. is yeah. Um, sleep and feeding is pretty much all you're doing. That is yeah. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like that's, that is your parenting style at that point. And I think both parents think they're aligned. And then what I think looks like difference is one parent, again, if you're in a the the nursing mom, if you're in this heteronormative relationship and it doesn't have to be nursing, whatever, the mom their focus is on baby. And that is um, brain-based. Like that's not because they're just choosing that. Like that's how we are made. But um, And then I think there's a concern from the other parent who also happens to be that person's partner that's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure this is okay for you. Right. Are you, am I losing you? And and I think back to my question to Marley earlier about like, we just left pregnancy where I've been concerned and now I'm still concerned and this is taking a big toll on you yeah. and us. I'm concerned. I, I think that's where sometimes it starts to be like, well, we're not aligned when really yeah. it's like, I am aligned. I just, just worried about, you, I'm maybe. worried. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't always come out like that. Have you felt that? Have you seen that? Like, yeah. And I think that was probably part of the reason, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was probably part of the reason you agreed to do the sleep training at first was because you wanted to make the nights easier for me. You saw that I was really struggling. I was really tired and I was really kind of just like obsessed with how many times he was waking up. Um, and we were kind of sold that this was going to be the thing that would like fix all those problems. So mm-hmm. for you, it was probably a pretty easy sell because yeah. you were worried about me. I mean, it's also, it, it was marketed to us as a quick sell, right? It was like one of the most popular sleep books on Amazon, right? 12 hours by 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. Of course. Oh, I, yeah. That was, yeah. I forgot we even tried that. Love, that was the first thing we tried. Love yeah. Yeah. 12 hours to myself. My <laughs> yeah. Like, of course. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't do this. Oh, um, yeah. Little did we know <laughs> that wasn't going to quite work for us. But, like, yeah. It really was a place of concern because the struggle with the, the child for the, you know, the, the primary parent is doing the feeding in the night, especially if you're breastfeeding. It just, it took such a toll and, like, this person who is just the two of us pre-child is now all of a sudden being drained and trying to find all these answers. Like you look for quick fixes sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it certainly came out of a place of worry. And, you know, there's, even if you agree upon something in the morning, there can still be resentment, even if you're following through with that exact plan. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And that happens with each of our kids, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, I don't breastfeed. And that is a huge <laughs> For yeah. my wife, even if she pumps and does the bottle, like there's no way out of it if we want to stick with that path, and we do. Um, yeah, but there, that doesn't mean that she doesn't look at me sometimes, just like kind of freely living my life. You and your useless boobs. And she's like, <laughs> you know, what do you even have those nipples for? <laughs> it is a good question. Uh, yeah, I would love to know. Yeah, wouldn't we all? Wouldn't I, we all? I think I just mean that because. Yeah, like you're, we're sticking to the plan. I'm doing the thing you said, but I think it sometimes feels like we're not aligned when really the core is still very much aligned. Like I want, 
Oh, we just got to see her. Oh, there's number three. <laughs> What'd you say? A baby. Oh. Listener, a baby <laughs> has baby. just appeared yes. on the uh, video that screen. Explains here. my guess. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just starts to feel personal when really the the intent and like the hope and the desire for the couple remains the same, which is like, of course, we both want what's best for this baby, but. I'm saying, Stephen, I, this is well, our I think it can be too. even more than just personal. I think it can feel con- controlling. Like, like, yes. so if I, like in my, in our experience, like my input or my thoughts about what Erin should be doing with her body and the baby out of, out of concern, out of like, you know, this seems to be hard, but yes, I don't breastfeed and we are unsure what You're my nipples are for. <laughs> and and so, <laughs> and, and so it, it feels, it feels really controlling. Yeah, like you're not, a, you're not only not understanding, you're trying to control my, my body and that, right. I mean, I get, I mean, I get the energy around that. I didn't, I, I didn't, it took, <laughs> it, t- it took some, it took some, um, we're speaking uh, to breastfeeding here. in depth conversations, but I think that, that experience is true even yeah. when it's not breastfeeding because yeah. it's still like you yeah. have you don't know. Well, yeah, even the sure. bottle, like whatever you're, yeah. There's yeah. an embodied I mean, difference when he would go back to work, and then you know I was the one with the baby, literally twenty four seven, and he would try to be like, oh, I think we should do it this way. I'd be like, what do you know? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, tell um, me more, wise one. Yeah, yes. exactly. I was just like, you don't get an opinion, which of course is not fair. That I'm not saying that I was right in that scenario, but I think that probably is a dynamic that plays out very often, um, even though we do have the same goal underneath it all, which is just for the best for our baby. And for partners, though, there's this a line that you should walk where you need to formulate an opinion and care and inform yourself while also not assuming that role of like, well, I looked this up, so you need to. Yeah. So it's like, very, yeah. very hard for you, I understand, to walk that line. Because if you were totally disinterested, didn't have any opinions on anything, then I'd also be upset. Yes. So, right. yeah, it's. I'm not saying it's not hard to be you. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for something. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, Marley, have an opinion. We see you. Yeah, yeah. She's the decision maker, <laughs> but I also care. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, I, I do hear that, though. Like, I want your involvement. But maybe not your input. I mean, but I, I want your input, in but just not like that. But just yeah. exactly, just say exactly what I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do think, I think there is concern. I think when you said like our our ultimate goal is a healthy baby, I right. think another ultimate goal is like a healthy family. Sure. And I I know for Stephen with me, I I night nursed too long every time. Yeah. I, I night nursed to the point where I was not. Okay. And every single time he was like, Hey, Aaron, any chance this time we could not do that. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. No. Um, (laughs) Because I didn't notice it until it was too, until I was like, I'm not okay. Like I'm not okay all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I think the concern, but he can't, I mean, he's like gently trying to sort of lob that. Well, and maybe in our, you know, with our first two kids, Maybe like I would have been more vocal about like, well, you need to do this. And then I realized um, that I didn't need to do that. And it was much more like, I'm noticing I, you, I'm just saying this and you're making, you're going to interact with it in the way you want to. I'm not trying to tell you not to, or, you know, but, but it, but it is a fun, I mean, I think that only it took two kids for that well i think fairly it took three 
until you really got it. Are we going to fight about it right now? I like it. I don't think it comes out as concern. I think it comes out as like, are you sure this is the right thing? Let's try something else. Have you thought of something else? I think we forget the like, hey, I'm worried. Right. And I think as women too, we, or I should speak for myself, I suppose, but we're always assuming that there's like an ulterior motive. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, are you just trying to get the baby out of the bed so we can have more sex? Or like, are you just trying to get the baby out of the bed because you want this, this, and this? And for some reason, even though he's never given me any indication that those things are true, you assume that like they're they're having all these thoughts and just not saying them. And and the scapegoat is the baby, right? So then you laugh on even more and you're like, no. She's going to stay in our bed till she's 25. Um, <laughs> no, she's in her own room. I'm happy to report. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think that there, for us, at least there was a lot of that too, where I was kind of like, you know, don't rush me. Don't rush her. Like it's going to happen. It's fine. You know, we managed to have a third baby. So obviously it was all okay in the end, but um, I do think that there's this element of like pressure for intimacy and for things to be exactly the way they used to be before kids. And um, that's just not always going to be realistic when your kids are really little. Yes. I I think that's, yes. I I didn't know what you meant by the like the pressure and that, but yeah, I do think we look for, I I think a lot of times the way we hear it from couples is like, they're lazy. They just don't want to do this. They don't want to be an engaged parent. They don't want, um, and I, I honestly think it, and I I mean, some of those things might be a little bit true. I'm not trying to dismiss any of that, but like, I do think at the core, when you get a couple layers deeper, like it's fear. Yeah. And it's sometimes just unresolved fear that I've been pent up for 15 months of like, are you okay? Are we okay? Um, and, and I think that can be heard like, oh wait, you're concerned about me. Like, sure. um, and having some sort of cue about like, I'm willing to try this until this, or like, I am okay. Maybe I don't look okay. Maybe I don't sound okay. But like, right. how do we both know? Because like you said, I had postpartum depression and, um, have a master's in counseling, was married to a guy who had a master's in counseling and was getting a PhD in marriage and family therapy. And we didn't notice. See? Like, we just, um, and yep. like, we were looking at all. for it. Not we chatted like about it. A year yeah, later. A, yeah. yeah. That um, makes me feel better. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people do, but we forget to to talk about this openly yeah. and to yeah. take, because it feels critical. That's um, the thing. And I love how you're framing it for people to just kind of approach it with curiosity and yes. concern instead of, oh, well, we need to change this or you need to do this or you need to stop doing this. Um, just coming at it with more of like, a, I'm noticing and just, you know. Here, um, when you want to make a change or whatever it is. Like when we were night weaning my daughter, he ended up being the one that was full time on her overnight. And he really stepped up in that way, which was so wonderful. Um, and I don't know that everybody has that kind of support. But um, yeah, those big transitions like weaning and moving your kid to their own room or, you know, things like that can be really, really tough um, on the relationship, especially if you feel like you're being kind of pressured into it before you're ready. Yeah. I, and I think that offering the experience rather than solutions, because um, you mentioned right. you had a tongue tie. I had, yeah. we had a tongue tie baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I literally just had a physical reaction to that. <laughs> I know. Um, it's it's I, like, I do. Oh, it's mine. I blame. I, yes. I am only myself. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's a way to see this. We can show everybody your tongue, honey. Uh, <laughs> I it was our middle, and I was struggling. I mean, it was so uh, painful. We saw yeah. the tongue tie doctor and all the things. Anyway, Stephen ended up. 
I I joke, I mock, I shouldn't, but I'm going to anyway. Um, whittling me this goes. nursing stool. I, like, I don't need a nursing well, stool. Because so this, this Marlene just gave her eyes like no, it didn't. This, Did this, you? this goes to show. And, so like I wasn't engaged and involved, you know, uh, husband, dad trying to be and. We had done, I'd done some research and we had been reading well, the doctor and, said you know, talked about like maybe yeah, your position. posture and this, right. this helps your positioning. Maybe that would be you useful. You can get and, those on Amazon, right? Well, <laughs> you can also whittle you know, them from wood from your backyard. You that is what? really sweet. Actually. You know what, Rachel? It did not I feel, feel sweet at all. Like I really... felt so mad. He brought this into so, my room and I was, like, I was like, get it out. Like, Okay, so why did you feel mad? This is very interesting to me. I didn't want that solution. One, I took it as like, your your posture's wrong. Like if you would put your feet up on this little bench, I whittled for you. And he did it. I don't know why I keep it, saying it, it makes that, it feel worse. It was, it was that idea. You you make it sound like I got a little pocket knife. That's what it felt like. Whittled it, it out like. of a tree. That's what it I felt did, like. I did Stop. it. I, yeah. okay. yes. So I... And I, again, I think is that idea of like, look, I have some input, input, input about your body yes. and about right. what, like how you're not doing something right with your body. And, and that was not my intent. Of I, course not. I absolutely understand. I was very sensitive. I was bleeding. Yes. Yeah, I felt criticized. I did not love our interaction with our doctor in that moment either. And so it felt like you're, yes. you're taking her side, like, right. like everybody uh, against you, everybody's against me and it's my fault. And, Oh, I just need my knees up two inches yep. higher. I played right into it with that little, <laughs> with that little dumb That's stool. been nine years. Just, I'm clearly yeah. not over it. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah. But I would also, like, if he made me a stool, I would be like, why did you just waste all of that time? When Don't you know they sell the money on Amazon? Yes. When you could have, like, I was just like, efficiency, efficiency. Why would you do that? When you could have mm-hmm. taken the baby and I could have had a nice long nap during that time or something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Marley and yep. Steven are sharing it, a like. It, again, so what we've reviewed is how much of a failure that was. And I appreciate <laughs> us bringing that up and acknowledging uh, that. Um, sorry. I'm not sorry, but I, what I do, but what I mean though, is like that, that it's my body. And like, what I want is your shared experience. Join me in this. Don't offer me solutions unless I ask for it. Um, and like, yeah. I, I want you to tell me that like, you see that I'm struggling and you're with me, not, and, and the other people would totally disagree and be like, whittle me a stool. But like, right. But for, and where I am, like, ask for that. Wait, whittle for... me. I did not whittle this. Uh, <laughs> we need just to makes it, this stool, please. It makes it sound more pathetic. I'm sure I burned it? it. Just me sitting out there whittling, <laughs> just frivolously, you know, me and my useless did it have, blue like, intricate nipples and, on it. Like, what was heart shaped? <laughs> I love it. No, no, it did not. It was very functional and very rudimentary. I did it as quickly as I could with my trill. <laughs> but I just see like that shared experience. Like this is what it's like for me. Like, do you see? And I, and I think that a lot of times people move into action. Like, I want to help you. Yeah. Um, like, if you want to help me, get me some crushed ice yes, and some water. Exactly. <laughs> and I think with sleep, that comes up so often. I mean, I talk to like 98% moms. Yes. Um, there are a few dads on my page, which I'm very proud of, but there's not. Yeah. Um, so I'm usually hearing the mom's perspective and they are, you know, always saying like, my husband is, is pressuring me into sleep training or is trying mm-hmm. to get me to wean or is, you know, trying to do all these different things to make our situation different. And it's really frustrating because I don't want to do that. I just want them to understand and to empathize and to acknowledge how hard I'm working for our baby and how difficult this is. I think that 
the pressure feels like the and my I don't know any of these people, but I I think what we hear over and over mm-hmm. is that pressure is the attempt to share your experience. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like that. No. It feels like whittling a stool. Exactly. It's like, no, just join me. Tell me how sad you are too and how how tough this mm-hmm. must be. And like, right. let, let's talk about that. And, and then let's agree on like what would be helpful yeah. if anything. Yes. Um, because sometimes no change is okay. Like, because yeah. as Marley said, it's just understanding it's, yeah. this isn't gonna last forever. No, like, even if you do absolutely nothing yeah, to change that, your that situation, it, it's gonna change. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think something too that I've noticed just from the from the other the non uh, birthing and nursing and um, all of that partner is one of the things that when um, and and I actually learned this. So I did my PhD research on, um, couples who experience miscarriage and infertility mm-hmm. and, um, in listening and it was, you know, heteronormative couples, but, but listening to them tell the story. So the non-birthing partner, so oftentimes when they saw their partner in physical pain mm-hmm. and discomfort, it really activated this place of like fear and worry and wanting to help. But then it, it did, come through and like, let me give you a solution for, for fixing this. And, and, and that's just confusing because I do think that there's, there's, there is something for that other partner watching, like, like with the tongue ties stuff, like you were in actually like, really, like it was painful. I don't know how you did that three times, you you know, and and there's so much just bodily kind of like discomfort. It's, you know, pregnancy and birth and, you know, such a bodily experience, like, it's it's hard to to see that oftentimes and feel like oh I want to help you not be in pain yeah and and it doesn't compute that really what you want is me to understand and recognize that we really can't change like maybe we can change some of these things but but a lot of them we can't we we just have to kind of be together in the midst of this discomfort and I think that that's that's hard that's that's just hard to click. Um, I think, well, it's sort of what you talked about, like being a, like, what is a good parent? It's presence. It's yeah. doing our best. Engaged, it's trying, yeah. it's engagement. It's, you know, just you're with me. Right. And I think sleep is one of those things where couples feel like you are not with me. Right. Um, and, and I've, there was no time lonelier for me than when the sun went down. Also, I oh so gosh, resonated with worst. that. Just like, oh, yeah. I know it's coming yeah. and it's going to be awful. And, um, and I'm going to be all by myself. Yes. Yeah. Even if you're with me. Yeah. I love exactly. that. You say, it is a when, very, very lonely feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do think that turns couples against each other when I do think sometimes just like that shoulder to shoulder, like this is hard yeah. and I'm with you. Yeah. Is really what people are looking for, that presence. And, and then it might change to don't be shoulder to shoulder with me. Let's figure something out. And that, I think That's okay that, too, yeah. that is the key, like for, for couples sure. to be able to be like, it can change. Yeah. And knowing how to approach that together and knowing when it's time, um, is so key too. Sorry, we we have to, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm, so Rachel, maybe you can (laughs) just tell everyone a little bit about what you specifically do with Hey Sleepy Baby, um, like where people can find you and anything that you think is important that you want the world to know. Yeah. So at the beginning, um, you guys asked like, what would you go back and tell yourself? Yes. And Honestly, that's like the entire ethos to my Instagram page. Like I just wanted to create a space where I could 
have, um, you know, real life evidence-based information where you're not just doling out solutions all the time, but you're also really empathizing and, and finding this, this place of community where you can kind of, you know, commiserate or celebrate or whatever it is. Um, and I, you know, I just wanted to create something that I would have loved as a first time mom. So I started with the Instagram page and I now have a website that has all kinds of resources for families, um, to make changes to their sleep. What did I say? What's the website? Oh, (laughs) He's like, fuck yourself, girl. Yeah. Uh, it's heysleepybaby.com. And my uh, Instagram and TikTok is also just heysleepybaby. So yeah, I um, focus on babies and toddlers. And I have a new bedtime course coming out that's going to be for toddlers and older kids. Uh, you know, some new tricks up my sleeve now that we have a five-year-old. And yeah. there's, you know, all these different changes and challenges that come up with each age and stage. So it's kind of fun that I get to kind of grow with my followers. And yes. I started when my first was a newborn. And I'm, no, I started when my second was a newborn. And now we have another. So I have a lot of followers that have like seen me go through this whole yeah. journey of motherhood and pregnancy and postpartum. So it's really, really cool. And it's um, it does have a really awesome like community feel where people can kind of just come and find solace in each other. Sorry for all the baby hiccups, by the oh, way. Oh, Speaking so of tongue tie. Oh, yeah. So Speaking of tongue tie. <laughs> I love the noises. They're, I know they are pretty yeah. cute. Yeah. I love them too. Um, uh, I I love that you did that though. Like you you are like you did what you needed. Um, yeah. And I think that is that is a felt experience on your page and in your community is Thank like you. presence, engagement, and um, no judgment, and realistic expectations, and yeah. normalizing, and. I I I mean, just, you know, the size of my following is something that was like never in my wildest dreams, but it really does just show how much a place like that was needed for parents to find kind of alternative information. Because when you Google, you're only finding a very select uh, viewpoint right, for for sleep stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I I think it's really important what you're doing and that people do have access to... Um, more than one voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, Marley and uh, Rachel, thank you very much. It was so good to Yes. Thank to you have so much. You. Thank you so much for having us thank for Marley's for us, Marley's yeah. first podcast experience. Way to go. You did great. You did great. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Um, that was a lovely conversation. I, do I say that after every interview? I feel like I'm I do. I'm not sure you say lovely. Um, um, one of the highlights for me was all the baby cooing yeah and y'all couldn't see but marley was just sort of back there bouncing her the whole time yeah she was adorable for sure so special um you know i I think what i loved about that conversation was was just the idea that like the conversation about sleep is not a static conversation it's it's one that like changes and it can change day to day week to week whatever it might be it could change from kid to kid um because I think that that's where this conversation can feel really hard for couples is they're like, like you were saying, but we decided and we were going to do this and now we're not doing that. And that, that can feel really stuck. Yeah. And I think it can make couples feel really polarized. Like we are this, now you want to be that. I mean, you've said that about me a hundred times that I can sort of be kind of go back and forth. Yeah, Yeah. Back and forth. But there has to be a lot of, 
um, shades of gray in that conversation yeah. um, and a lot of conversation. Yeah. Um, but I think when done with openness and curiosity, yes. it can be a real invitation mm-hmm. to understanding each other's experience. And I really like what Marley said too, like just being compassionate to yourself yeah. a- as a parent. Like I think there is so much pressure like to get this right and to get your kids sleeping according to some standard that is out there, you know, all, all that kind of stuff where it's like, I think for some parents too, they don't have that standard thing. You mm-hmm. and I didn't. Sure. Uh, right. Uh, we, but we still felt the pressure to want right. to sleep. And yes, we still yes, felt resentful because we were that tired. the other yeah. one, but like, I, I'm not really sure why, so maybe because we're not really internet savvy. I'm not even joking, <laughs> but like because we just not, didn't have a lot of input. That's true. Um, it was so long ago. The internet really wasn't around yet. <laughs> um. You still had to plug something into the wall. No, well, I kind of mean that though, not like in terms of our cake, but right, like, right. but that just because we didn't have an outside or an external pressure to like, they should be doing this. We still wanted more. Right, sleep. The pressure was we wanted to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I still resented yeah. like you got more than me. Yeah. Like but, but, by it, 17 minutes. Yes, I, I did. And, and, and I think that again, the flexibility, the compassion, I think if, if you can come to it just even with those two things, it like, because I think the, it, it just gets so charged so quickly um, and, and oftentimes it's just because people feel really anxious about getting it right and, and trying to do it right or, and take you know, whatever care of not only their kid, but their partner, their mm. own self and their like family. Yeah. We want to be well. All yeah. of us do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is like, are, are we, are you, yeah. am I, are they, um, it's a lot. Yeah, it, it sure can be. And so, uh, so I really appreciate Yes, you know Marley, you, Marley and Rachel, Rachel for just sharing that with us, and and you should check out um, Rachel Baby. on Hey Sleepy Baby. Um, that's her website too. She's got a lot of great resources and just a lot of great like things that help you remember to be flexible. You remember to be compassionate. Just her her posts and her quotes and her content, I think, um, can help couples foster that ethos um, in their relationship. Today's show was produced by Aaron and Stephen Mitchell. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the follow button and leave us a rating. This helps our content become more visible to others who might enjoy it, and it lets us know how we can keep improving the show. And as always, we're grateful for you listening. Thanks so much for being with us here today on Couples Counseling for Parents. And remember, working on a healthy couple relationship is good parenting.